Welcome to Order of Operations, a podcast about digital security for everyone. This week, I've got Aaron Sanderson with me. He's a longtime friend and also turns out he's my boss at FoxPass. He's been uh, in ops and software for 20 some years at this point. Uh, as a longtime Valley operator, and uh, as I said, he's uh, CEO and lead engineer of FoxPass. Welcome to the show, Aaron. Thanks, Travis. Hey, everyone. Happy to be here. So, yeah, let's just uh, dig right in. Let's. What are your thoughts about digital security from the perspective of, we'll call them normal people, <laughs> instead of geeks like us? I would say, you know, I think for a long time, it was sort of out of, out of sight, out of mind. A lot of people didn't uh, take much stock into the digital security. And I think you're seeing now, you know, large scale breaches that are uh, impacting the everyday person from Home Depot breaches to um, the, the Equifax or Experian, whichever one that was, um, that's, you know, making the mainstream mainstream news. And people realize now how important it is to have good security hygiene to protect their bank accounts uh, and, and credit card data. Yeah, I've been using that term hygiene a lot. From you know your perspective with with your family, your your mother in law, your wife, and things like that, we use password managers at work, and we require it for all of the employees as best practices. Do you find that it's difficult to get people that don't do this professionally to to use those sorts of tools to to get on the bandwagon? I do, uh, and I, I've seen through friends and family lots of lots of different schemes, some better than others. But anything from having three or four passwords that just get reused repeatedly bad. to well, I bad would interrupt number, to say bad, bad, to bad. A, a handwritten list of every sign and every password. Uh, those passwords normally aren't randomized. They're usually the same handful of themes or terms or dates kind of mixed together yeah. in different uh, permutations. Slightly Which better, is- but still bad. And and I am starting to see more and more people asking me about. You know, how do they protect themselves? And it's always, you know, password managers, password managers, random passwords, 8, 10, 12 characters of random passwords. And, um, you know, a password manager to help you manage them is really the only way to make sure that people aren't either on purpose uh, or accidentally reusing passwords. Yeah. 8, 10, 12 character passwords. Is that what you're running? I don't recommend it, but it's certainly better than than what they used before. I mean, really, you want to crank that up as as high as you can, even... Even the 10, 12, whatever is better than what, what I've seen in the past. Yeah. I, I think I surprise a lot of people when I, I talk to them about the concept of using multiple words, you know, the four or six word random word passwords. And when I explain to them that it's so much easier to remember cards, emblem, pen, window, green, happy, than it is a, a series of random characters. And that that, you know, series of six words is far, far stronger cryptographically than um, eight or 12 character random string. So. Absolutely. And, and that's a good segue into password. You know, pa- we, we were just talking about passwords sort of you don't need to remember because your password manager does it for you. But there's that master yeah. password, of course, that you're responsible for knowing. And what you just described is, of course, the best mechanism for picking something really long. I will say that if you turn your... Nobody use those six words because, you know... Those are now silly. compromised. <laughs> um, I will say that I have seen some people who have their password managers cranked up to make 64-character random passwords, and oftentimes I run into bugs that the developers didn't anticipate. So I will say... <laughs> I, I, 8, 10, 12 that, is, I, I, I'm referring to you. So I would say 8, 10, 12, probably <laughs> too low. But if you crank that up to, like... 64, yeah. you might run into problems. So, you know, maybe pick something in the middle. It's still yeah. quite secure. 
will tell you that a, uh, a 64 character password is insecure because it is not it is uh, not a good length. Uh, they limit it to 32 characters. So I'm just mm-hmm. going to do a little pa- password shaming on it. So yeah, I mean, what techniques do you use when dealing with friends and family to get them to to hop onto a password manager? Whether it is a, a price point thing, so you point them to something like KeePass, or if it's a you know they're worried about the keys for the vault if they're savvy enough to understand the difference there and when it's stored in like LastPass, there's a shared key or in one password where there's a unique key and you know now we're starting to get into the weeds of the technical differences of cryptographic protection and that's you know no consumer wants to deal with that i i don't want to deal with it and you pay me to yeah what, what are some of your strategies for that I would say prodding doesn't work. I would say um, really the, the, or shaming doesn't work. Uh, I think the best way is really education. I mean, that's on us as the, the computer professionals to set the tone and to try and educate those uh, who, are you, who are end users why this stuff's important, why it matters, what are the repercussions, and really show them an easy path to get from where they are today to where they are to where we want them to be tomorrow. Because I think that's yeah. one of the really hard parts is all this stuff is really daunting, even to us, right? Oh my God, I have to sit down and redo all my passwords. Like, you know, that's a pain for you and I, but we can do it. Everyone else, I think, mm-hmm. it just feels insurmountable. And so yeah. education and, and giving people a path to get to get where they need to go uh, really helps. On my, in my first episode, I, I talked about some steps to take getting that first password into your password manager. And even if it's reused every time you go into a, in, onto a new site, just even though it's the reused password, put that one into the password manager. And then once it's in there, there's tools within the the various products for making it easy to make them unique and and change them out. Yeah, and some of the password managers even will try and do that for you. And maybe that's what you're referring yep. to. They'll yeah, they'll go yeah. on some of those sites, um, act as you, and try and go in and change your password to something random and hold on to it. Which brings me to MFA, you know, and and you end users having to uh, to pull out another device or even enabling it in the the password manager because. I know both LastPass and One Password at least will manage MFA for you if you want it to. Though it sort of defeats the purpose. Do do you uh, do you find that to be insurmountable in working with Grandma logging into her website or into her bank account online and, and dealing with the the MFA for that? I I mean I do. I think we we got to start. We got to you know we got to start with what's most important, which is good password hygiene. I think for most people on most sites, MFA is probably. Overkill. I mean, I guess maybe your most your most important assets, banking potentially. You really want to. You could really encourage someone to do it. But so much of those are done with text, which mm-hmm. we know is is easy to compromise anyway by yep. social engineering the phone companies. So the, you know, I think the one thing to take into account for that is there's a huge difference between being the target of an attack and being picked up in a sweep attack. The vast majority of these compromises come from scraping databases with hundreds of millions of users and getting their usernames and passwords that are reused everywhere. Using MFA will protect you from those wide sweeps. If someone is targeting you, that's a different story. You need to take different precautions. Do you you disagree? I agree completely, but you won't be caught up in a sweep of you know people checking compromised names and passwords if you have a different password for every site. It just won't Correct. Happen. Yes. Yep. So I think yep. we start there and then think critically about where MFA is important because it adds a lot more hassle. And uh, when things go wrong, they go really wrong with MFA. You know, maybe consider it for the most important things. 
Like I, I think, think you know, I think having if you wanted MFA, you'd start with your email because yes. anyone compromises oh. your email can open up anything else regardless. So that's the most Absolutely. important place. That's what I've been preaching. So I'm glad to hear I'm not the only one. Not the only one. Um, <laughs> uh, what are your thoughts on the uh, the concept of connectivity as security? Uh, that being, you know, having access to data, making that data secure or making yourself secure. I mean, I definitely when you say data security, I definitely think the latter of making yourself secure. You know, there's this, you know, we were lucky enough to live in an era where we have satellites circling the globe where people who love the outdoors can or, you know, or can go into nature or get on their sailboat, stay in contact, and their friends and family know that there's a button they can push if things go really wrong that yeah. will send out, you know, a helicopter mm-hmm. in many cases. Uh, and there's, you know, lots of documented incidents of the saving people's life. Um, so, I mean, I think without a doubt, we're, we're, we're safer it, from that regards. Although I, I do think there's an argument to maybe that and maybe in some areas we're less safe. With data so available at your fingertips, you've got a lot of people who drive distracted on their phones, mm-hmm. right? So as always, technology is a double-edged sword. You know, I'm not sure, I just thought of it, I'm not sure that balances out. I don't know the number of people who are accidentally killed at the hands of themselves or someone else just driving distracted makes up for the, the people without normally who would not have connectivity who are saved. An interesting yeah. thought. That's, a, that's definitely something for a sociological study to be done outside of my realm of expertise, but a really interesting question. Uh, but, if any I mean, of the listeners out there know anything about that, would love some feedback. Yeah, it's an interesting point. But but in general, like having your phone available, being able to call for help if needed, videotaping when necessary, right? All those things yep. I think increase our security. <laughs> that gets me to an, an interesting topic: videotaping. You know, you're, you're neither. I mean, it is video, but it, you're you're not taping anymore. It's like right. a, a dashboard. That's funny. English yeah. is a funny language. Creating a video. Yes. <laughs> recording, recording video. There we go. Yeah. Is there anything that you wanted to talk about? Is there things that you thought that the the listening public would, would like to know? Mm, great question. Nothing comes to mind. So you've got two little ones. They're, for the most part, they're not online or anything like that, but your your eldest is starting to use, you know, use the iPad and be active, interactive with at least connected devices if they're they're not actually connecting themselves. How do you approach keeping those things safe and keeping data about them safe? Yeah, that's a great question. I think my oldest is approaching three years old. I think it's been pretty easy to keep him locked into only the certain apps he's allowed to use. But I think pretty soon you know, that will probably change. iPad has got a, has a really cool mechanism of triple tapping and then they're locked into the app. So you can triple tap and lock them into um, the music app or the YouTube kids app or wherever they are. But, you know, it worries me when we, with kids in technology beyond that, where they're at an age where it does make sense to have them connected and it does make sense for them to have access to more apps. Yeah, you know, I think it, I think it takes a lot of thought to keep them safe. There's so many things yeah. online that are uh, damaging for kids to see, depending on their age, I think obviously there are people online who are who are targeting children. Um, Absolutely, I think you know you, you name it. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of harm out there. I, I really, you know, it's a great point. I really need to think sooner rather than later about how to keep children and my children safe online. And you know, even now, you know, I I, I do think twice about sharing images. Who's going to see this image? Where's this going to go? Is it fair to have their name associated with it? Is my child yeah. going to like this picture of them? that's been posted to the internet, uh, even if it's amongst friends and family 10 years from now? I don't know. It's time to start asking those questions to myself, I think. The whole, is 
is so and so going to like the the image that I'm sharing of them and tag amongst friends? It's it's a really interesting social problem that that we're coming up on. You know, when we were teenagers, we could take Polaroids and send that around the school. Nobody really thought anything of that, but now you can take that picture and instead of showing it to a couple somewhere from a couple of dozen to maybe you know two thousand people, you know, in a big high school or something like that. 15 million people can see it in the blink of an eye and that's not extreme so how yeah you know, how does that play into things does that make yeah. taking those photos yeah you know, do we lose that aspect of childhood of, of those ki kind of pranks because the the impact is so large uh, potentially and there's no getting those images back either there's no recall button no no yeah you know, yeah that's out, it's out there it's out there and it's hard. I think it's hard to explain to a young adult or a teenager or, or whatever age about the ramifications. Yeah, the, yeah. The, how do you explain to someone of that age the, these ramifications? It's just I, to me, it just doesn't seem like that computes until a much later, much much later age. Um, <laughs> Some would argue that it still doesn't even yeah. at later ages. <laughs> yeah, maybe I was being generous. So you know, how do you how do you explain how do you educate someone where who aren't known to make good decisions in the first place? about some pretty serious ramifications, but, you know, legal ramifications as well, in some yeah. cases. Uh, it's very yeah. difficult. Yeah, and then keep those profiles locked down. Exactly. Uh, I, I really think that we've uh, done a good job of covering the, the points that I had that I wanted to speak about today. If you've got any other feedback, I'm happy to talk about it. Otherwise, we can, uh, we can wrap it up. I, I, I would just say these are all really important points for your, your listeners to consider. Think, think about it. Think about how you can, you the listener, can improve your your digital security and protect you know the things that are valuable to you. If, if nothing other than your time, right? Like someone yeah, being your having to go through and yeah, yeah what a pain. Reset what a all pain. those passwords. <laughs> reset yeah. all those passwords. If, if, exactly. If if you don't reset your password, somebody's going to do it for you. So yeah, imagine you lost your it. you lost access to your email address. And yeah. you couldn't get it back. You can't pick up the phone and call Google or Yahoo or Hotmail. They aren't going to answer. You know, what a pain to either have to try hard to get it back or start over. Tell all your friends and family of new email address. You know, tell your bank. All of your logins. Yeah, all of your logins everywhere that are based off of your email address are now invalid. So a little bit of prevention uh, could, go, could go a very long way. Don't take digital security for granted. It's, it's something to think about. Great way of saying Forefront it. of your mind. All right. Thanks for your time, Aaron. I really appreciate it. Hey, likewise. Thanks for having me on. Thanks for listening, folks. Talk to you next week.